You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 387 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on this Monday evening in the midst of the Western Conference Finals Game 1. Obviously, uh, big picture, you'd love the Atlanta Hawks to be playing in a game like that, but uh, at the same time, a lot of news here on this Monday evening into tomorrow, because of course, Tuesday night brings the uh, 2018 NBA Draft Lottery, in which the Hawks have been looking forward to since the, since the end of the season, about a month after season ends, uh, the lottery arrives, and the Hawks, of course, have uh, obviously some things to look forward to when it comes to the lottery, but between now and then... Um, one of those things where uh, Monday was a jam-packed day in, uh, in Hawks' world, uh, especially the headliner of Lloyd Pierce being introduced as the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks in front of a jam-packed uh, house uh, over at the Emory Sports, Media, Sports Medicine Complex in Brookhaven. I was in attendance for that, and there was uh, plenty of fanfare to the Lloyd Pierce introduction as well as some uh, some news being made by Dennis Schroeder across the pond, actually, uh, in, in a press conference with the uh, German uh, national team. And uh, aside from that, also just a little bit of a preview of the draft lottery. So plenty to get to on today's show. But the first thing I wanted to do is play a little bit of audio for you from Lloyd Pierce. Uh, obviously, I could probably play you the entire press conference, and it was available on Facebook Live, and as well as uh, Fox Sports South and, uh, Fox, and Fox Sports Go. But at the same time, I wanted to at least play a little bit of a snippet of you, just get a little bit of his personality um, through, through this press conference and the fact that uh, he was very interested uh, in talking about defense whenever he was prompted about the actual sort of basketball day-to-day kind of stuff. So this was, this was his uh, probably most candid comments about the way that he approaches from a mindset of the game. And uh, here were uh, Pierce's comments about defense, it's just his overall approach. Right from the start, we weren't doing this press conference right now. I probably have these guys doing some defensive drills. <laughs> that's who I am, that's how I grew up in the NBA. I think that's an important aspect anytime you're trying to develop a culture is just, you know, what can you control? And it's your effort. We want to attack the day every single day from start to finish. We want to, we want to start building habits that we can create. And a lot of that is going to be on, on me and my staff. And, and, and as we're figuring that out, you know, the messaging to the players is, is going to be there. It's going to be our defensive DNA. It's going to be our impressions of how to be a competitive team uh, while we're developing, while we're growing. Uh, how do we create these habits? It's through competition. It's through repetition. It's something that uh, we'll preach and teach every day. So obviously not a huge surprise to uh, hear Pierce focus on defense there, uh, you know, coming into the hire process and all that fun stuff. We were doing research about Pierce. It was clear that he was the defensive first kind of mold, a player development guy. You could hear that as a theme throughout the day as well. Player relationships were a huge theme throughout. And uh, in fact, Robert Covington, who just played for Pierce in Philadelphia, a pretty high profile player, uh, was actually in attendance at this press conference, which is pretty crazy to uh, see a uh, an established NBA starter who was under contract for a long time coming down just to uh, be at a press conference for his uh, now former coach. But a lot of people, uh, you know, around the league, you keep hearing lots of positive things about uh, about Lloyd Pierce, and that definitely spoke to that. Without getting too deep into everything else that took that took place at the press conference, uh, he did reference sweat equi- sweat equity a lot at the press conference. You, it was clear that he wants to get started. He you uh, he, he, he sort of wants to get his uh, nose to the ground, go through and uh, you know hire assistants. That was one of the big themes was that he talked about the assistant uh, coach co- the assistant coach process and just sort of bringing guys in and uh, evaluating them. Uh, both Schlenk, um, who was on on the scene on the uh, on the dais there with 
Lloyd Pearson, the host Bob Rathbun, of course, uh, the voice of the Hawks on the television side of things. But uh, those three guys were there, and uh, both both Schlenk and Pierce talked about how they'll uh, they'll definitely be giving their the current assistants a fair shake in terms of uh, evaluating them in order to keep uh, keep an eye on who's going to be coming back on the staff. I'd be pretty surprised if everyone returned. That's just kind of how this is. Normally, a uh, new head coach is going to bring someone along with them, but not to say that a lot of these guys couldn't return, whether it be Darvin Ham or Taylor Jenkins or Ben Sullivan. Chris Gent is the only guy with uh, previous experience um, with with Lloyd Pierce. Uh, Gent was uh, actually an assistant coach alongside Pierce in Cleveland, and he also has that relationship with Travis Schlenk. I'm talking about Gent back to uh, uh, to the point where Schlenk was the one that actually brought him. He's the only uh, assistant coach that was brought in during the Schlenk era, so I think if you were picking one to stick around, most likely it would, probably, it would probably be Gent, but still, I'm expecting at least a couple of these guys to hang around, but no firm commitments there. Uh, also another headliner on this particular uh, morning, I guess it was late morning when this press conference took place on Monday, is that uh, Pierce plans to coach the team in the, in the Utah Summer League. Um, that's something that the Hawks have not, I guess, firmly announced just yet that they're going to be participating in that. But at the same time, it's definitely been all over the place. They're going to be doing that in early July. And uh, actually, he is uh, questionable, though, for Las Vegas because his wife is actually expecting and they're expected to uh, have their child in early August. So uh, Pierce is going to be touch and go when it comes to Vegas. And uh, there was a lot of emphasis placed on Utah as sort of the point where everybody gathers together for the first time. Uh, this will be a very interesting experience for Hawks fans because normally, you know, last few years they've been going to Vegas and that's been their. Uh, their big-time summer event in terms of playing, but uh, going from Utah to Vegas, you know, playing at least three games in Utah and uh, sort of start getting, a, getting an earlier start in July should be very interesting as well, as well as obviously you want to uh, keep a close tabs on Lloyd Pierce because it'll be his first head coaching experience. He has been a summer league head coach the last few years in Philadelphia, but uh, in terms of the Hawks having, that, having free reign, having it be his full program, getting guys uh, in, in the building there, also, DeAndre Bembry uh, spoke to Chris Vivmore of the AJC and uh, KL Chenard of Hawks.com, I believe, at various at various points on Monday. He actually indicated he'll be at Summer League, most likely. So that's a guy to monitor in the in the future. Also, you know, there were four players at this event. Uh, Bembry was one of them, obviously, but Kent Bazemore, Mike Muscala, and Isaiah Taylor all made appearances, as well as the fact that uh, basically the entire ownership group, uh, Tony Russell was uh, prominently there, front row, the majority owner that he is. And uh, it was, a, again, a, a pretty packed house uh, down there at the uh, Emory Sports Medicine Complex. So a uh, jam-packed day. Everybody was very, very excited, very upbeat, as you might imagine. Uh, but the relationship part of this, the player development part of this are very, very clear. And, uh, you know, Pierce even talked about when trying to hire his assistant coaches. Well, something he's looking for is someone who's not going to say yes to everything. That was, that was the quote that he said. And they're talking about growth and development. It's both on and off the court. He, he definitely stressed the concept of just uh, being a big picture guy, not necessarily all about just basketball. It's all about, you know, it's definitely about leadership and mentality and that kind of stuff, which is very interesting to monitor. And, you know, he sort of brushed the question off about uh, you know needing superstar talent in the future. Obviously, I think he knows that you have to have some sort of talent, but they're, we're going to be working on building a cohesive brand, a cohesive uh, you know sort of playing style and uh, mantra moving forward. And it's going to be a lot of uh, encouraging times here for the Hawks. I think if you are trying to ask him to do much of uh, anything more than what he did on Monday, you, you'd, be, you'd be hard pressed to do so. You know, Pierce was pretty impressive on the dais there. Obviously, it's a situation where you can only prove so much in a press conference. But if you were high on Lord Pierce, I can't imagine you not being a little bit higher even uh, after Monday. So. That was the takeaway from just being in the building, and that was a pretty fun uh, sort of upbeat atmosphere on Monday uh, down at the practice facility. Uh, before we move on to the rest of the podcast, I do want to tell you guys to subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate everybody that's already done that, and I encourage you guys to do so, especially on Apple Podcasts, leaving us five-star feedback, unsubscribe and resubscribe. It helps us. Everything, every, every little bit helps, and I really appreciate uh, all of your efforts to help us grow the show. I think it's already been uh, growing quite a bit this summer, which is very encouraging for a team, considering that they were not uh, necessarily great on, on, on the floor this year, but a lot of Hawks fans coming out with passion and I really appreciate everybody tuning in to the podcast. 
Um, the other big story of the day on Monday had nothing to do with uh, Lloyd Pierce, and that was Dennis Schroeder getting a press conference again, as I mentioned before, with the German national team, the German Basketball Federation, on Monday. This was translated. Um, I will not claim to be fluent in German, but I'm relying on some translation there from David Hein, a, a reporter who covers FIBA, and also there was there was video of this. I watched the great majority of it, trying to uh, you know Google translate things and just listen for what I can know and sort of rely on some people that I know around the league um, and around my own you know actually my own personal life who speak a little bit of German to weigh in here, but a couple, of, a couple of takeaways here. I guess the biggest one is that Schroeder was uh, quoted as saying that he has to, quote, look individually at what's best for him, end quote, and also express plans for a sit-down with both Travis Schleich and Tony Ressler back in Atlanta. Uh, Schroeder did reference that, um, that he was going to be coming back in the next week or so, it looks like, along with his agent. So that would be something that they, they, they want to sit down with the Hawks. It doesn't seem like Dennis is overly excited to be a part of this rebuild. Frankly, he talked about as, uh, again, all these uh, English uh, translated quotes are from David Hine, and uh, he talked about how he wants to compete and not be, and, uh, and not be quote, second to last in the Eastern Conference, end quote, and that's why he wants to talk with the Hawks in the near future. He'll be 25 in September, which is something that he said as well, and wants to compete in his prime. Uh, also, um, the most bizarre portion, in my opinion, was the fact that he actually, he was, he was asked by a reporter, apparently, um, to name a couple of teams that he wanted to potentially land with and trade, and he actually uh, decided to do that. Uh, he actually referenced directly the Indiana Pacers and Milwaukee Bucks as uh, landing spots. He did mention Victor Oladipo as a as a friend there in, in Indiana, but Milwaukee's been a team where he's actually he's actually mentioned them in the past. Actually, it was with a Hawks uh, AMA recently. Um, I guess it was last year or so. Uh, he, uh, he basically was asked to find one market that he would uh, like to be in other than Atlanta. He mentioned Milwaukee. Part of that's probably because they have a significant German population, but uh, very interesting to uh, hear him say a couple of team names out loud. It's something that you would definitely not uh, normally see and something that would certainly, certainly be frowned upon for someone who's under contract for three years and about $46.5 million over the next three Three seasons. It's not a huge secret that Schroeder could be on the trade market this summer. I famously said over and over again that uh, Travis Schlenk did not sign or extend Dennis Schroeder, so he has very little loyalty to Schroeder in that way, but at the same time, he's under contract for three years. He won't be terribly easy to move. There are some teams around the league that need point guard help at the same time. Schroeder saying this kind of thing publicly, he, didn't, he, he, didn't, he definitely did not demand a trade or anything like that, but uh, expressing that he wants to sit down with the team and sort of figure out the direction and also, you know, again, uh, expressly saying two different team names is it not the greatest look in the world for a guy who uh, was not great on the court this year, in my opinion. So uh, obviously he's one of the higher paid guys on the team, one of the one of the faces of the team right now. And, uh, you know, with also with, with his off with, with his off court legal trouble pending, uh, not the greatest situation in the world here. So something to monitor here. Again, I don't I don't speak full German, but if you're looking for the video, if you do if you if you do speak German, uh, please check out uh, the video so you can see it from your see it from yourself. I'm, I again I'm relying on some translations um, from the, both the original reporting from David Hine and others. So uh, there it is with that. But I, again, it's just very odd. And apparently the takeaways are that Schroeder wants to meet with the Hawks and uh, sort of discuss the future there in Atlanta, whether that be through trade or whatever else. It's something that certainly needs to be monitored in the next month or two because you know as as we've seen in the past, uh, Hawks the Hawks have been, are, have been willing to trade before the draft last year you know famously Dwight Howard got trade got traded before the draft even started you know the salary cap space around the league is pretty tight right now but with Dennis um, you have some teams whether it be you know you, New York or Indiana or Milwaukee or Orlando or maybe even Phoenix there's always teams that have some point guard needs and if they uh, it only takes one I guess as, as they say I'm uh, of the mind that Dennis's contract is, is uh, definitely negative at this point in time at three years at 15 and a half million dollars annually but um, if you find a team that thinks he's you know appropriately paid or even you know somehow un underpaid 
trade. I think you would certainly jump on the opportunity to move off of that contract in some ways. So something to monitor there, and I think I would recommend uh, going in and reading in, reading all of the full context of David Hine. We have it all up at peacetreehoops.com if you want to check that out as well as the video. So go ahead and do that. But Definitely an eyebrow raiser on a Monday. Uh, I, I can't imagine the Hawks would be terribly thrilled with the fact that this came out on Monday as they're introducing their head coach. But something you have to, you know, that you have to monitor. And uh, you know, Shooter's on camera on a, on a microphone on a dais talking about this kind of thing in public. So something you, that you know the Hawks would rather would, would, would almost rather uh, avoid at this point in time. But still, you have another month before the before the draft and a lot of. Uh, sort of uh, inspection and, um, you know, inferences to be made about Dennis Schroeder. It's one of those things where you have to see um, if he could be moved before the deadline or uh, not, not before the draft, I should say, or, or even in July. I mean, he's, he's one of those players that could be moved in July, too, if you, if you need a team that actually has some cap, some cap space to move on from him. Uh, a lot of moving parts here. And, of course, the Hawks are invested in heavily over the next three years. So stay tuned for the rest of the Dennis Schroeder saga in the coming months. Um, with that said, last thing to quickly run through on the podcast, we don't have another, another show between now and the beginning of the draft lottery, so I want to, want to remind everyone about the odds at this point. The Hawks have a 13.7% chance at the number one pick, a 14.1% chance at the number two pick, and about a 14.5% chance at number three. They have the fourth best odds, but actually that the second least likely outcome is them actually staying at number four, only an 8.5% chance, only going down to number seven at 1.3% is actually less likely than staying at, staying at four. Um, but overall, a, the chances, the chances that, the, that the Hawks have a top four pick in this draft are 50.8%, um, meaning that the chances they do not have a top four pick in this draft are about 49%. So uh, definitely a high-risk uh, thing. It could be very interesting, obviously any, anywhere between uh, number one Number seven, uh, number number seven is the least likely, but it would be also be very Hawks in a lot of ways that they were to dip into that six seven range. But you know they could certainly get lucky here. They had the fourth best odds at getting into the top uh, into the top three, and uh, you know this 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 draft is not necessarily uh, broken down in perfect tiers in a lot of people's minds. Uh, you know for me, I'm on record as saying my, my number one guy in this class is Luka Doncic. Uh, that rings true for the Hawks as well. But uh, the draft is not over if the Hawks don't win the number one pick or number two pick or number three pick. There's a lot of talent to be had at the top of this draft. I will say if they if they if they land in that six seven range you could, be, you could be looking at a lot of different trade scenarios because you know it's it's just less likely there that you could land it with the land the guy that you actually want at six or seven schlank was recently quoted on 929 the game here in Atlanta, uh, actually, this is via KL Chenard of Hawks.com who transcribed it. But uh, Schlenk said that he uh, basically they have a, about about an eight-player list that they're considering at that top spot, which is what you have to say when you have a, a pick that could actually land number seven. You have to be at least willing to cover your bases there. But in the same breath, you know, a lot of different outcomes that could be taking place on Tuesday night. Obviously, we'll have a recap show after that. Uh, won't be you know anything anything aside from the fact that you know this is what the Hawks got. So it won't be a, we won't learn a ton aside from just the pick slot uh, there. Obviously, there'll be a lot of discussion between now. And then, but uh, between the draft lottery and the actual draft, I should say, you know, more than a month to evaluate players, talk talk trades, talk you know, trade up, trade down, um, all the all the full capital and the full array of picks the Hawks have at number nineteen, number thirty, number thirty three as well. So, uh, just wanted to at least refresh your your memory on the odds there. If you're looking for a uh, sort of a guide to the process and the odds and all that fun stuff, there is one up on PeacherHoops.com. That actually gives you a bunch of exotic uh, more percentages. Like if you wanted to know um, what the percentages that the Hawks pick at number three or number four is twenty three percent. Etc. Etc. So, if you want that uh, that guide, please check that out between now and Tuesday evening. And if nothing else, start holding your breath now. Start fing- start start crossing your fingers if you're a Hawks fan. 
It's a, I almost say, I almost want to say pivotal. It's not pivotal. You know, obviously the Hawks could certainly succeed in this draft without winning the, without winning the lottery or even landing in the top three, but it certainly helps to pick higher. Uh, you know, not, that's not foolproof by any means. Every, every draft, you, you know, somebody, somebody messes up in the top three or four and takes some of the, the, that they shouldn't have taken. But if you look historically, every, every pick slot uh, is instructive uh, of the future, even, uh, even if only on, on a percentage basis. So you would certainly rather be picking number one, the number two and so on, even if it's not a foolproof strategy. So I want to, we put the, put all that out there in advance of the lottery and then again please start holding your breath now if you're Hawks fans and we'll be back again on Wednesday morning to break it all down for you so thanks for subscribing to the podcast thanks for listening to the podcast please tell your friends about the podcast and uh, if nothing else we'll see you guys Tuesday evening after the lottery is complete